if you've got your word, which I hope you do, I need you to go to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings for me. We're going to walk in the word this morning. Go to 2 Kings for me. And all we're covering this morning is seven verses. Everybody say seven verses. That's all we're talking about this morning. But I promise you, we're going to squeeze every little bit out of it this morning, okay? We ain't going to rush through it. I promise you, you're going to see more out of seven verses this morning than you might have ever seen before in your entire life. If you're okay with that, give me a honk. Hey. Good, 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 good. Second Kings chapter 4, when you're there, give me a honk, a hallelujah, amen. Second Kings chapter 4, honk, honk, honk. Second Kings chapter 4. Woo, we're going to have fun with this. All right, let's take our time. All right. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha. Stop there. Did it say the, the sons of the prophet or the wife of the son of the prophet? It said the wife of the son of the prophet, right? And if you know at this time... Women did not have the same standing technically as men at this time. So this is a woman coming to Elisha. Not a man coming to Elisha. A woman coming to Elisha. And it says, And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. Stop. Did it say your enemy? No, it said your servant, right? And it said is what? is dead. So that's going to go ahead and tell you real fast before we go anywhere that if anybody ever told you things are going to go perfect when you got saved and followed Jesus, they were lying to you. Things happen. Life happens. Storms happen. Things happen. This was a servant of uh, 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 this this was a servant of Elisha. This was one of the sons of the prophets and now he's dead. And she runs to him and says, your, ser your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Next. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now, there's a lot we can take out of that. First thing. Did it say the debt of the sons was going to make them become slaves? Did it say the debt of an enemy? Who did it say? The debt of who? The father. Mothers and fathers understand the lives that you lead are directly affecting your children. I need you to grab a hold of this, that your children will either eat of the bounty of what you run towards or they will pay for the debts you die with. Understand that your lives are filling the coffers or filling the debt piles for your children. Your lives are powerful. And I'm not just talking about money things. I'm talking about spiritual things. If I have a debt of prayer in my life, my children will have a debt that they have to overcome because I did not show them with my life. 
If I have a debt of church attendance, my children will see it more of a hobby to sometimes do other than something to commit yourselves to. But if you have an investment of prayer to your wives, your daughters will know to expect and look for when they get married. If you have an investment of a family that tithes, understand your children will walk down the same road. If you have an investment of intercession, if you have an investment of prayer, understand you are teaching your children what they invest in and what they are indebted to by your life. So it says that our sons are getting ready to be sold to slavery. Mm, Okay, yes, Father. Some of you, when you were born, you were indebted to alcohol because your dad was an alcoholic. And you can either hand that debt to your children or break that off of your family line now through the sacrifice of Jesus. Some of you were indebted to racism because your father and your mother were racist and you can either secretly pass it to your children under behind closed doors or you can break it off so your children don't have to experience that curse. You can indebt your children to a poverty mindset or you can break that off saying, I thank you that the Lord provides all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I want to make sure that my children have an inheritance of righteousness, have an inheritance of faith, have an inheritance of prayer, have an inheritance of church attendance, of growing at the body, have an inheritance of prayer, and all of that other than just an inheritance of lack of debt. Amen? So let's keep reading. It's going to get good. That's just verse 1. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Get ready. We're going to pack this. Either you have nothing or you have a jar of oil. Either you, how can you have a jar of oil and still have nothing? Some of us are putting down what we have around us saying, I have no freedom around me. Do you have a closet? Because that means you have a prayer closet. Do you have a table? That means you have a study place for the word. Some of us are speaking death over what we have because we don't think it's enough to bring freedom to our lives. And we downplay the very thing that has been provided in the house. So either you have oil or you have nothing. And I'm here to tell you, some of you have the answer to freedom in your household. You just need to stop being so negative for what the Lord has provided for this this next season. Jesus, how are we going to feed all these thousands? We have nothing but a few loaves and fishes. You either have nothing or you have loaves and fishes. Stop looking at how little you have compared to man's sense and start trusting in a God that works by multiplication. He'll take the little that you think you have and be able to see the answer is in the house. Give me a honk. Amen. Woo. 
Don't you realize that she saw what was in the house is so insignificant that she didn't even think it was enough to save her? Some of you are the only person serving Christ in your family. And God says it's time to bring freedom to your family. And you say, there's no one serving God but me. Either no one's serving God or you're serving God. So if you're the only... If you're the only one seeking God in your family and no one else wants to serve God, God can do more with one child in a household that's seeking after God than he can do with negativity. So if you're the only one, you've got enough. If you're the only one, his blood is big enough. If you're the only one, his strength is strong enough. If you're the only one, I've got, oof, I've got families in this parking lot right now, Lou and Hazel, right now, where the wife said, we're not going any farther, and I'm going to pray till my husband gets fixed, until my family gets fixed. I've got people in this parking lot right now that are in this parking lot because a wife said, enough is enough is enough. I'm not moving. I'm not going. I'm not budging. I'm going to seek God. It may be hard, but I'm going to do it. There's cars out here right now because moms that were single moms because dad didn't want to stick around that said, it may just be me, but God's going to do something in my family. And if he's just going to use me, stop downplaying yourself so much and know God can do so much more through you. Because he's got some giants waiting for some shepherds with just a sling and a stone. He's got some giants in your family. And while everybody else says, how are we going to fix it? How are we going to beat it? And all of a sudden, your son might be the one that brings revival in your household. Your daughter might be the one. Don't tell your kid to stop praying because they're not good at it. Say, keep going, baby. Keep praying. Mama's sick. Come here, Houston. Lay your hands on your mother and see healing. Oh, man, we, we're, we're dealing with a financial crisis. Presley June, come lay your hands on our bills and say that God will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. We don't have to wait for a seminary degree and 15 sashes that say it. Sometimes revival is going to come from a seven-year-old that says, if God can do it for my grandfather, he can do it for my family. Hey! And that's verse 2. Verse 3, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Stop. From where? Everywhere. From all your neighbors. There's two things I want you to grab on this. Are you ready? Are you so committed to having freedom and righteousness in your house, you're willing to look like a fool in front of your neighbors. Are you willing to do whatever it takes that you don't care where freedom's got to go to? You don't mind, because you know how our neighbor, what do you need a vessel for? What do you need a vessel for? Why, why are you worried about this? We know your sons are about to go to slavery. Why do you need vessels? You ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing. Hallelujah. We got amens driving by. We ain't got nothing. 
All the vessels, go. Are you willing to seek God if that means you look crazy in front of your neighbors because you don't go to the bar anymore, but you go to the, your, your, your prayer closet? That you, that you don't go and look at the things anymore for visual pleasure, but you say, I'll walk in my house with a blameless heart and set my eyes before no vile thing. You don't look for another Christian to fall so you feel get better about your righteousness, but you say, Father, create in me a clean heart. M make a right spirit within me. Are you willing to look crazy around your neighbors to have spiritual freedom inside your house. Second, are you ready for this? Are you willing to let someone borrow something and invest for their freedom even if it doesn't benefit your house? Are you willing to spend your free time to intercede for your friend's marriage? Are you willing to intercede for someone else? Are you willing to get on your knees and say, Father, I pray right now for Andre and Terrence as they are carrying such a heavy burden at work and running along with the ministry. Father, I thank you for a worship leader that has a heart after the Holy Spirit. And you invest into them and you seek into their behalf and you pray to God for their behalf. Are you willing to be a neighbor that invests to someone's freedom if it it doesn't benefit you because the question of these days is this what's in it for me what's in it for me what you want me to pray I got my own problems I got my own issues I, I got my own things Jorge I got my own kids I don't need to be praying for yours I got a son named Houston he's enough to handle according to everybody's kids amen Revival happens when the body stops cutting themselves off from each other because they want to make sure they get their own blood, own blood flow and they say, if I've got to be a foot, let me be a foot. If I've got to be a hand, let me be a hand. If I've got to be hair, let me be a hair. Revival happens when the body starts acting like the body and says, where we got to go, I'm going to go. If that means I'm praying for Lou and Hazel, by gosh, I'm worried I'm praying for Lou and Hazel. That means if I'm going to intercede for Tyler, I'm going to intercede for Tyler. We will see God do great things when we realize the kingdom of God was not just for me. Went to the neighbor. He said, go everywhere from your neighbors, empty vessels. Hold on. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Stop. Not everything has to be posted to social media to get emotional attention for what you need freedom from. Not everything needs to be posted online so everybody comes up and says, oh, my marriage has troubles too. Some of us need to shut the door and say, Father, I'm not leaving till there's freedom. I'm not going to go get a bunch of fake sympathy likes on Facebook so people love me through my situation. I'm going to go get my family, get my kids, shut the door, and I'm going to lay on my face in my living room and say, Holy Spirit, do something in my house. Holy Spirit, do something in my house. Bring freedom in this household. Bring freedom in our family. Bring freedom to my family name. Some of us need to shut the door. Freedom starts with you. Mm, hallelujah, we're going to go there. Before you ask someone to intercede according to your situation, make sure you've put enough time with yourself in that same situation. Mm, hear me with grace. 
Don't expect me to intercede longer for your situation than you're willing to intercede yourself. Don't expect me to run after God and pull on the cloak of Jesus if you're not even willing to go and lock yourself in your own house. Don't expect it. You got to be invested in your own freedom. You got to be invested in your own salvation. You got to be invested just as much as you want a pastor to be invested for you. But she said, shut the doors behind you and your sons. Stop. You know what we'll do today? Thank you, Tyler. I'm not saying you need to let your kids know every bit of issues you're dealing with. But I am saying if you're going through a storm, many times your kids can hear the rumblings. They may not know what's going on, but they can hear the rumblings. And I will tell you, if you invest in your children to say, come here, son. Come here, dog. Hey, come here, Malachi. Shut the door. You don't know what's going on, but lay your hands on your daddy real quick and pray for him right now, son. I promise you, freedom will come into the household when you don't see your kids as an accessory to where you're going, but they're coming in to saying, Father, I thank you that if the freedom comes through my son laying hands on me, let it be. If it comes through my, oh, when you teach your kids to pray for your family. When you teach your children to intercede on your behalf, let's keep reading. Mm, I need to put my bottle back here. Shut the door behind you, you and your sons. Then pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full and she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. When did the oil cease? When she ran out of vessels. Why did she run out of vessels? Because she stopped asking. What made her say this is enough vessels? What made her say that she reached enough vessels? What made her say, I guess this is enough? Who told us that there was a limit to what we could pray for and the freedom we could walk in? Who told us that was enough vessels? Who told us that that was just enough? Because listen to what it says here. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. Stop, because we're about to unpack a bunch on this one. First, would the oil have kept pouring if the vessels kept coming? Yes. And so she could have went to her neighbors, her neighbors' neighbors, her neighbors' neighbors' neighbors, and there would have been enough for transgenerational, multi-generational freedom. If you're just looking 
for the freedom for your life and not freedom for your great-grandchildren, you're not seeing kingdom-wise. Kingdom is not just you. Kingdom is freedom for me, for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, and it just depends if I'm willing to get tired looking for vessels. Do I have any vessels that are willing to be found and filled so generations from now could be supplied for? So often we just stop because we get enough for us. I'm not just happy if I have a successful God-fearing marriage. I want my generation, I want my family line to be known for godly marriages. I've just got to stop getting tired of finding vessels. You ready to go to another level? You ready? What if she would have invited the whole town to her freedom? Hey, bring it all. God's doing something, and the vessels keep coming. Who says she couldn't have freed the whole neighborhood of debt? Show me where he said that this was only for your household. She could have collected enough vessels that the whole neighborhood got out of debt. I'm here to tell you, it's not just about you finding freedom in your car, but what if we were invested in every car in this parking lot having freedom in their marriage, every car in this parking lot having healing in their body, according to the sacrifice of Jesus foretold in Isaiah? What if everybody was invested for everybody in this parking lot to have overflowing oil in their lives to be able to see debts paid for everybody, not just our car. See, that pinpoints right there the problem with the American church. I just want to fix me and mine. I just want enough for me. I just want to contend for me. I just want to do it for me. I just want to do it for me. And if we open up our mind for not just freedom in our house, but freedom for the body in this parking lot, maybe we'll begin to see freedom in our city. Maybe we won't worry if revival happens. Mm, mm. Pastor Chris, why doesn't revival happen more often? Maybe it's because if we find out it happens at another church, we're upset it's happening there and not our church. I can't go to that revival because it's happening at their church. Are we so invested to God changing this city that if revival happens at Hillcrest, we load up some buses and we say, guess what? We're having church this morning. We're going to Hillcrest. God's doing something. And if it, Are we invested in it? Are we invested in that freedom? What if, man, Second Baptist, Second Baptist all of a sudden started having a revival and we went and packed the place and said, God's moving, let's go. If we begin to be invested in freedom for everybody's marriage and everybody's family and everybody's heart and everybody's freedom, maybe we'll see the type of generational freedom we've been praying about. Who says we can't collect, collect enough vessels for the city to be free? Who says we can't find enough vessels for the whole city to be free? Mm. Next thing to grab a hold of. Do you know what I noticed about this? She didn't know she was going to sell the oil till after she collected it. Has God ever asked you to do something that did not make sense to man's eyes, but he wanted to see if you were going to be faithful in it to see your freedom? 
She needed to be freed from debt, and he told her to go collect oil. That makes no sense. But if you're waiting for God to make sense according to your standards, walking around the walls and the trumpet section bringing freedom for the people will never make sense to you. It'll never make sense to you that God wouldn't choose a big soldier with a sword but a young shepherd boy with a sling. He's not going to bring it through legislation the way you would dream, but through a young dreamer named Martin Luther King said, Father, if you've got to do it, do it through me. What happens when we begin to be faithful to the things that don't make sense? Pastor Chris, I don't know what to do, but God told me to do... Hmm. It made no sense to me. I've said this before that God would send me at 20 and 19 years old to the middle of a pasture in a city I couldn't pronounce. Made no sense to me. But yet, Lou, I stand here today standing in my dreams fulfilled because I was willing to look foolish to a school. Of why would I leave a big school and, and go there when God told me to come in the middle of a pasture, in the middle of a church no one knew about outside of Seguin, and, and, and come and let God work on me when no one sees so that now we could see freedom in my life and a call to ministry that I've been called to. You know what that also means? Mm. That means some of you might have your H-E-B trip interrupted because God says, see that lady over there? She needs you to pray for her. I can't lay hands on her. Stand six feet away and ask if you could pray for her. What, what, if, if that means that you, you begin to minister to the around you, instead of running away from your enemies, God says, how about you go buy them something? I want you to go bless them with something. I want you to go pay for their meal. I want you to go pay for their bills. I want you to go buy that woman diapers. I want you to go to that Muslim temple and begin to witness to people in the parking lot. I want you to begin to pray for the sick. I want you to begin to, to, to give to orphans and widows. I want you to look foolish in front of man so Jesus' name could be made famous. God's going to ask us to do things that don't make sense to man. But if we want uncommon freedom, sometimes we've got to take uncommon tactics. If we want uncommon freedom, I don't want common church. I don't want New Life Fellowship to be like every other church service we expect. I want it to be if it's in a parking lot, let it be. If it's in the building, let it be. Whatever it looks like, I want to find Jesus in the midst of everything that we're doing. So my question to you this morning is this. What miracle do you need in your life right now? What miracle do you need in your life? Is it health? Is it freedom from debt? Is it a a generational sin on you that needs to be broken? What freedom do you need? And I don't want you to say, well, this is too big for God. I sit here in a parking lot full of testimonies, sitting with people that everybody said it was too big for God, yet they sit here free. I I, I sit here in a parking lot with people that have people in their cars that never thought they would have those people in their cars, but yet they're sitting here with them this morning. What do you believe in God for this morning? Is it for God to break your husband? Is it God to fix your wife? Is it God to break an addiction off you? 
Is it for you to be freed from depression? Is it for your body to be freed from sickness? Is it for you to be freed from religiousness? What is it? And whatever it is, start to find some vessels that will be willing to fill with oil. Pastor Chris, what does that look like today? Maybe I've got some vessels in this place that are be willing to let the Holy Spirit fill them up so that you could be poured out as an offering to your family so the Holy Spirit will give you words when you don't know what to say. Prayer for sick when you don't have the, that you don't have the strength and you're worried if it's going to work and you step out as a 14-year-old praying for somebody in your family that has cancer. What is it that you're believing for that the Holy Spirit is looking for a willing vessel? Hey, Daniel, when he said go find vessels, did he say only find pretty vessels? Did he tell him what type of vessels to find? He just said you need to go find some empty vessels. You know what we do all the time? We sit there and say, God could never use me. I'm not a pretty enough vessel. I got some cracks in my vessel. My vessel's been through some stuff. My vessel's been through a divorce. My vessel's been through addiction. My, ve my vessel's been through problems. My vessel's been through struggles. My vessel's been through issues. I'm not looking for pretty vessels. I'm just looking for empty vessels that are willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not looking for vessels with a theology degree. He's looking for vessels that are just willing to be filled. He's not looking for vessels that can speak well on a stage. He's looking for vessels that are be willing to use any way they need to be used. He's not looking for vessels that your grandpa was a good vessel and your great-grandpa was a good vessel and your great-grandpa Paul was a good vessel. He's looking for people to start it in their family for the very first time. Do I have any willing vessels in the parking lot that are willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Honking is great. You only show it's true if you go home, shut the door, and lay on your floor and say, Father, I'm not moving till I'm filled. I'm not moving till you fill me up. I'm not leaving till you fill me. And if I've got to do it Monday, shut the door again. If I've got to do it Tuesday, shut the door again. If I've got to do it Wednesday, shut the door again. Pastor Chris, I work nights. Then give God some time. I'm not asking for you to give me a perfect schedule. I'm asking for you to be willing to go to any level to be filled when the door is shut. It's not popular. It's not Instagram worthy. TikTok, as long as it's going to last, could care less about it. But let me be very clear. Mm. This is what I'm going to finish with. Thank you. Jorge, this is the part to where people start to doubt, am I willing to pay the cost to do something I've never done, like lock the door and go seek God when the door is shut and wonder if you're willing to pay the price, and I'm here to tell you, 
No amount of anything I could do could ever measure up to the cost that Christ has already paid for me. No bit, no amount, no nothing. I cannot outgive, outsacrifice, outwork any of it. So I'm not going to compare my sacrifice to Jesus because he gave more. He, he came the 99 feet. He, he's the one that came. He didn't just go and leave the 99 after the one. He came the farthest. You've got one feet of submission, one feet of service, one foot of yes, one step of I'll do it. I'm not asking you to wait till it feels good. I'm not asking you to do it when you, the perfect worship song comes on. I'm not asking you to do it when everything in your family is going right. I'm saying, are you willing to go home and say, fill me up as I'm a willing vessel, no matter the situation, no matter the storm, no matter the issue, no matter the problem, no matter what your family is going through, do I have any willing vessels that are willing to go home and say, I'm going to lock the door until I'm filled for freedom for my generation past mine. Anybody? Mm. Hey! Mm. Hallelujah. Do you know my favorite part about this, Madre? One day a great-grandchild of those boys is going to sit there and say, can he do it? Dad, can he do it? We have this issue. Can we do it? And he'll say, yes, sir. Well, how do you know, dad? Because when I was younger and slavery was about to be upon my name, my mama shut the door. Even though I didn't want to, even though I wanted to play my video games, even though I wanted to be on my phone, my mama said, shut the door. And we saw God do something when no one was watching. You're going to do something and give tactics of attack that your grandchildren will walk out in faith because you are willing to do it when no one was watching. You're showing your children how to fight their battles. We sing that song now. This is how I fight my battles, right? You're showing your children and your grandchildren how to do it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you were not intimidated one bit. <laughs> you were not intimidated one bit by the debt of the woman or what she had. I thank you that you are not intimidated by anybody watching online. You are not intimidated by anybody in this parking lot by what they owe and what they're facing. You're not intimidated one bit by the struggles, the problems, and the worries, and the issues. You're not intimidated, and you're not worried by our lack of supply for what man says is impossible. All things are possible through Christ Jesus. So we lay our issues before you, and Father, we are willing vessels, and we ask you to fill us up. We ask you to fill us up. Mm. <laughs> we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill our vessels. Fill us up for just a time as this. For we are not always promised to have church service like this. So while we are blessed to do this with freedom, teach us what it is to seek you.
And if it's going to start with me, let it start with me. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Hey! We love you. Just as an announcement, next week starts our switching inside-outside. So we will be inside the building next week in the air conditioning. Hallelujah. We will be inside next week. Uh, we will still be streaming, and then the week after that, we will be outside. We love you. We love you. We love you. We will dismiss you as you leave. Be blessed. Go eat some brisket for me. We love you. Bye.